Brother Sabolchi could wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning out of a deep REM sleep, however deep you want to put him, and teach for four hours on the Godhead just like that. I have been, always been amazed at his mental capacity to, for facts and scriptures and just theology and so many things. And, and so uh, his love for training, his love for teaching and ministry, and we want to we emulate that. Uh, we, I want, someday I want to start a training center and uh, train leaders for ministry. I really feel like the Lord will help us do that. So we want to see God do great things. Amen. I do have a, a brief video at this time about Minneapolis and would like for you to uh, watch it at this time. Thank you. My name is Jacob Tapia, and I'm a metro missionary to the beautiful area called the Greater Minneapolis Metro. And in the midst of this beautiful city is a great need. The metro area in Minneapolis is home to more than three and a half million people, and it's expected to grow by more than 300,000 in the next 10 years. It is a city where 23% of the constituents say that they have no religious affiliation. That's close to one million people. There's a great need in this city. Our burden is to spread the gospel into the greater Minneapolis metro area. We have a vision to raise up an apostolic disciple-making church that will reach the lost, disciple believers, plant churches, and train leaders for ministry. Would you join with us in our burden? Here's a couple ways you can join us. First of all, join us in prayer. Help us intercede for this city like Jesus interceded for Jerusalem. Secondly, we ask that you'd partner with us financially. Uh, your one-time donation or monthly commitment will help us to get back on site and do the work that God has called us to do. We're asking God to give us partners and fellow laborers to reach this harvest field. Help, help us plant a church in greater Minneapolis. Man, that's our city where we're going. Praise God. And so we're excited. We're believing that God's going to help us. Uh, this is a city that has over 60,000 Spanish-speaking people. I believe God's going to help us to raise up a Spanish work. Amen. To preach the gospel to every creature uh, by the whole church. Amen. And uh, many different languages, nationalities. And you know, it's, a, it's an area that is very diverse. It's very uh, politically diverse. There's a lot, of, uh, a lot of things happening in Minneapolis. If you've been following the news, following some of the things that are happening in our world, you know that there's turmoil, there's trouble, and uh, someone might say, well, that's, that's a big job. That's a big job. You know, there, there's certain religious beliefs there. There's certain political beliefs there. And how are you going to be able to build a church? I, you know what? I don't know, but God knows. Amen. I've got what I think is a, is a good plan or a good path. I feel direction from the Lord. But ultimately, God's the one that wants to see people saved. God's the one that wants to build up a church. And so we're asking this church to pray with us. Pray that God will help us and be with us. I do have some, uh, some cards in the back, some little stickers, uh, magnets, that if you would stop by and take one of those, and if you see us, uh, don't put it on your dartboard. Put it on your refrigerator. Praise God. Amen. 
But pray for us. Pray for our family. Pray that God will keep us. We fought COVID. We've had it twice and uh, recovered both times. The Lord has helped us, strengthened us, and uh, I'm COVID-free. Thank the Lord. And I'm not sure about the antibodies yet. I've still got to wait on that to find out. But God has been good to us. And I believe that the Lord is going to strengthen us and help us. So we're asking you to pray with us and also to partner with us. And Brother Sabolchi has already agreed to partner with us. Thank you to this church, always a missions-minded church. And so I would encourage you, uh, please continue with your missions. Please continue to give in faith. God blesses when we give to missions. Amen. And so I want to thank you so much for your kindness. Thank you for partnering with us. Thank you for sharing in our burden, in our vision, and what God has called us to do. Amen. Stand with me if you would. I want to uh, go to the word of the Lord. And I have a message today that I felt uh, from the Lord for this church. Exodus chapter 14 and verse 10. And in this particular time in Israel's history, uh, they are faced with a very difficult situation. You ever, you ever been there? Praise God. We've been, we're in difficult times. Now, some of us, uh, we can relate to this. Now, some of y'all, you don't, you just, you know, you, everything's fine and gravy and y'all won the lottery and everything and everything's going good. Praise God. But uh, for the rest of us, we're just, we're pushing through. Amen. But the Bible said, And when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes and behold, the Egyptians marched after them, and armies coming after them. And they were sore afraid. And the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord. And notice they're crying out to God. But they said to Moses. How many didn't realize you were talking to God when you're talking to your leadership? <laughs> Some, oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I won't get on that right now. And and. And he's, they said to Moses, because there were no graves in Egypt, hast thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? You're the one that got us out of this. You, you're the problem here, Moses. Wherefore hast thou dealt with thus with us to carry us forth out of Egypt? Is not this, look, we told you, Moses. We told you in Egypt, saying, let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians, for it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. We're getting ready to die, Moses, and you brought us out here. It's kind of nice to have somebody to blame, isn't it? <laughs> we, we, you know, God, God said, come on out. We want to blame everybody else. And God said to Moses, fear ye not. Now, everybody's afraid, but, but God says, Moses, don't be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord which he will show you today for the Egyptians whom ye have seen today. You shall see them again no more forever. Amen. And I want to preach to you for a little while from this subject, the master plan. The master plan. Let's pray together and let's just ask God to speak to our hearts today. Lord, we thank you for this day. Thank you for your people. Thank you, Lord, for everyone that's in this house, for the saints of God, for those that have joined in this place to worship God, to hear the word. Now, God, speak to our hearts. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Praise God. Now, if you grew up in the 90s, you may remember a game called Hacky Sack. Anybody remember that? Okay, foot bag. They had these little 
you know, beads in it or beans or whatever. And, and uh, when I was a teenager, we used to play all the time. And we used to go down in the basement of the church. And uh, it was an old, old used to be a Methodist church and uh, had the, the high ceilings. And, it, and uh, we were playing hacky sack down there. And they had a game that we'd play where you hit it three times and somebody would have to grab it and just pelt the other person with it. Good Christian game to play, I guess, down in the basement of the church. <laughs> and so we were playing this game, and, there, and there, you wanted to be the last one standing, basically. And you didn't want to get out. So we're playing this game, and somebody hit it three times, and somebody grabbed it, and, and I, I was not that person. And all of my flight instincts kicked in. You know what? It's like an adrenaline rush. You feel like you're getting ready to die. And I turned. And I ran. Now, I'm about as, as tall as I was, definitely not as big as I am now. <laughs> anyway, I turned and ran. Y'all don't let, y'all just pray for me, all right? I turned and I ran as hard as I could into a pole that was standing about a foot from me. And I saw stars. I mean, I fell on the ground. I injured, I hurt my hip. I stumbled around. It was a knee jerk reaction to a situation that felt life-threatening. Now, folks, here we are at the Red Sea, and the people of God are surrounded. They are thinking they're going to die. They have Pharaoh who has come out against them. The Bible said that Pharaoh came out with a high hand. What does that mean? When you go out with a high hand, that means when you go to church and you got your best suit on, you got your little hanky in there, and you got your lapel pin, like Brother Mike walking around here all razzle dazzle, and you got, uh, you know, you got your hair done, you got the cream in there, or the hairspray on, and you got your shoes shined, and and all your kids are looking good. You've been working on them for four hours, and hair is curled, and everybody looks nice, and and the the boy has put on the the nice clothes that fit him right, and. And uh, wearing that tie and looking good and smile, everybody's smiling, got their teeth brushed. And, man, you're going out and you get into your Cadillac and it's got, you know, you got the nice wheels on it. And, and uh, you know, got the, the, the glass. I never owned one of those, so I'm trying to describe it. But anyway, it got the shiny. You waxed it up the day before. And, man, you pull into that parking lot and it's just slow and you're playing a little gospel music. You're looking good. You're feeling good. You've got all hands on deck. The Bible said that Pharaoh came out with a high hand. Every chariot, every horse, every general, everybody was coming after the children of Israel. He was making a show. We're going to bring you back. We're, going to, we're coming against you. You're, you're coming back. And then the mountains to their left. The high mountains. They could not cross them if they wanted to with all those people. And then... Uh, the other side, there were the coastal region, the mouth of the Suez, Arabia, and Akaba Gulfs. Uh, Hiroth is what it's called. And God had led them into this place. And what happened when they got surrounded, when they got under pressure? They began to formulate a plan. Here's our plan, Moses. We got a plan. Man, Moses, you don't know what's going on, but we've got a plan. Let's go back to Egypt. It would have been better back there. Maybe we can get a peace treaty, or maybe we can, you know, it, we didn't have the struggles back there, Moses, like we do now. We didn't have to worry about the future because we had no future. 
<laughs> we had meager food, Moses, but it was consistent. There was always onions, <laughs> always garlic. <laughs> Moses, we had a schedule back then. We, we knew what was going to happen, even if it was back-breaking and depressing. At least we knew what was going to happen every day. You don't just get beat, you know, <laughs> whatever. That's all right. Just We had a pretty good life back there, Moses, with our families, even though they took our children and killed our babies. But Moses... Hallelujah. How many times have we formulated our plans and brought them to God? God, here's how I think we can work this out. Here's what I see based upon the data. Here's my analysis, my, my chart. How many of us have made charts? If you're a spreadsheet person, you got your computer and you put this lane here and this lane here and this lane here and how much time would it take and how many people is it going to affect and all. And then we check the boxes and then you add them up and at the bottom, if it's a high score, that's a good plan. Oh, y'all just help me right now. Some of you people, folks. How many times have we done that in our lives and brought our plans to God and said, this is what needs to happen, and it needs to happen right now? And how many times has our faith been tested, our confidence shaken, our loved one that has passed away, the sickness that is ongoing, the financial burden, the family issues, the, the struggles in life. And like Mahaney, hallelujah, said, I'm getting so big during COVID, I've started getting fan letters from Captain Ahab. Hallelujah. <laughs> Y'all don't know what I'm talking about here. He said, I told the doctor, I've got a million dollar figure. It's just in loose change. Hallelujah. He said, you, old Mahaney, old preacher, old evangelist, he said, he, he said, I was so ugly I went into a beauty salon for three hours, and that was just the estimate. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all never had to struggle with these things. He said, I entered my dog in an ugly dog contest, and I won first place. The dog came in third. Hallelujah. <laughs> oh, y'all, I'm being silly here today. Just bear with me. And let me tell you something, that was a huge trophy he got. I'm telling you, it was. Anyway, you don't know who that is. That's, you don't know who that is, old Donald Trump. But, folks, how many times have we struggled in the moment? The things that we see and feel and the things that are right in front of us. But our understanding and knowledge is limited. And yet God says, if you'll trust me, I have the plan. I have the way. I have the answer. I have the plan for your life. God has the master plan. When you're building a home, a contractor will get instructions for the day. When they go to work, that contractor works on a specific area of the building. They may be over uh, the lumber. They may be over uh, the cement. They may be over the interior. But it's the master builder. It's the foreman. It's the one who has the plan. And he goes back and he opens it up. And he says, all right, here's what I want you to do. Here's what I want you to do. And they may not be privy to those plans, but there's somebody that knows what's going to happen. They can see the end of the road. They can see the completed project. My friend, God has the plan. God can give us complete and clear direction for our lives. And we find it in verse 15. The Lord says unto Moses, Wherefore criest thou unto me? Speak unto the children of Israel that they go... You ever had God tell you to go forward? And you're saying... 
you mean toward that brick wall? Toward that closed door? Toward that obstacle? Toward that barrier to growth, to success, to harvest in my life? Yes, go forward. But lift thou up thy rod and stretch out thine hand over the sea and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. God had a plan. You go forward and the waters will part. You step out and God will bring it to pass. Here are the promises of God in action. If you move, God is going to give you the direction. God is going to give you the miracle. God is going to provide the things that we need. You see, they would cross over and, and that would be great. And, but we know that it wasn't enough for God. You see, somebody could have said, well, it was just a natural phenomenon. There were just uh, maybe somebody, you know, about 400 beavers got together one night, just decided to put a bunch of trees down or somewhere. And maybe uh, there was a, a, you know, uh, there was a, a big, uh, I don't know, Gulf hurricane or a tsunami that just sucked the water out at that time. And that's how they were. Someone could have maybe tried to explain it with a natural phenomenon. But the point was that God wanted to crush the taskmaster. He said in verse 17, And behold, I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians, and they shall follow them. And I will get me honor upon Pharaoh, and upon all his hosts, and upon his chariots, and upon his horsemen. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I have gotten me honor upon Pharaoh, upon his chariots, and upon his horsemen. The most powerful army in the then known world was going to fall at the feet of slaves. Only a big God can do that. Only the most powerful God in the universe can do that. Only the one true and living God can do that. Moses, don't you forget there's a bigger picture here. There's something going on that's getting ready to change the situation. I'm going to get some honor out of this. I'm going to get some glory out of this. I'm going to let the Egyptians and by default the rest of the world know that I'm the Lord. I'm God. I'm powerful and I love you and I care about you. And you're my people. You're my child. And what I plan in your life is going to come to pass. And so the highest of all kings were to bow before the humble Hebrews. The great and mighty in Egypt would topple before the king of all glory. My friend, when God decrees it, when God plans it, we can step into his plan and experience the blessing and the glory that God can bring in our lives. How many of you have had situations where people said, I don't know why you're in this position. I don't know why you're being blessed like you're being blessed. Look at your background. Look at where you came from. Look at these things that have happened in your life. And you say, but I've got a great God. I've got a good God. I remember the day that He changed my life and I surrendered to Him and God took control of my life. He's the one that's blessing. He's the one that's bringing things to pass in my life. You see, it was not about the moment. It was not about their situation. It was about spreading the glory of God throughout the world. He wanted people to know that He's the most powerful God. There's nobody like Him. There is no other God before Him. You know, folks, we're, we live in a great world. We live in, in the United States of America. 
We're a blessed people. Even our, our even the poorest among us is blessed. We, we, we're richer than two-thirds of the population. If you've got a little money in the bank, got, got a roof over your head, you got shoes on your feet, you're richer than two-thirds of the world's population. We are a blessed people to live here. But may we not forget that uh, it was not us and ourselves. It was our dependence upon God. It was our focus upon Him. It was trusting and relying in Him that's got us to where we are. Lest we should say, well, look, you know, I, I got it here. By, look, this American dream, I can be whatever I want. And yes, you can be whatever you want. Yes, you can do whatever you want. But my friend, we have to remember, God is not interested in how your plans are going to bring you a better life or to bring you the American dream or to bring you success or how much happier you'd be if you got your way. This isn't about you. It's not about me. It's about God getting the glory. It's about His name being exalted. It's about His glory being great in the earth. You see, the rest of the story for the children of Israel was this, was this, that God parted the waters and His people crossed on dry ground and the Egyptian army followed after them. And God brought the waters back over the Egyptians. And the Bible said in verse 30 that the Lord saved Israel that day out of the hand of the Egyptians. And Israel saw the Egyptians dead upon the seashore. God wiped away the the Egyptian army. God did something nobody else could do. God did something that brought great blessing upon His people. And we know that the results followed them even into Canaan. Even into the land they went. You remember Rahab? Rahab said uh, they came into the, the, the city of Jericho walls, greatly fortified, lots of people. Didn't look like anything was going to happen. Another obstacle. But you know what Rahab said? We've heard about you. We've heard about what your God has done. We know who you are. She said, and everybody is afraid. Everybody, That same fear you felt, Israel, that same fear you felt when you were surrounded, God has put that fear upon the enemy. And they are afraid of you. They're afraid of your God. They're afraid because they have heard about what your God has done. Even in the time of the Philistines when the children of Israel were in the land of Canaan after they had gone in to possess it, the Philistines feared the people of God in the days of the judges even because of what had happened to the Egyptians. That reputation followed them. That what God... God had done for them in the midst of a struggle, in the midst of, of insurmountable odds. God had blessed them and continued to bless them down through the years. See, God had a plan. If, if the name of the Lord is magnified, then I'll draw the attention of all men in the world to this wandering group of homeless people. The Israelites were getting ready to experience the great blessings of God, but they had to follow the plan of God. Folks, I know this. I understand this, that God's ways are not our ways. God's ways don't seem feasible to us. When you've got your plan, and sometimes you talk about it to secular people, Someone who has a secular mindset. They're not thinking about God. They Maybe they don't believe in God. And you bring your plans to them. Say, here's what I feel like the Lord's dealing with me about. Here's what. And they say, well, how much money is it going to cost? Well, probably this amount. How much money do you have? (laughs) 
How much resources? How much resources do you have? Well, I got a dog. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I don't know how it's going to happen. I don't understand, and it seems foolish, but I know I've got a word from God. I know I've heard from God. I know that God is working in my life. Folks, sometimes you have to step out of faith. Now, I'm not saying be foolish. I'm saying you get advice, get counsel, talk to your spiritual leaders, talk to your authority, talk to the people that God has put in your life. Don't be making foolish things. Don't just you know do what you've done off of some pizza or somebody you heard on the internet somewhere. You stay close to the people of God in your life. You stay close to the man of God in your life. You listen and learn. But at the end of the day, you've got to take a step of faith that's beyond you that's beyond your abilities it's beyond your talent and God says "All right, I'm going to do the work I've got a plan I've got a direction that I'm taking you hallelujah Jesus was the master plan to take away the sin of the earth and remove the curse from off of anybody who would come to him for the scripture says the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy but Jesus said I'm come that they might have life and that more abundantly it was Jesus that died on the cross he died in turmoil he died in chaos in rioting he died in uh, the earthquaking and the darkness and mobs screaming and yet in the midst of this he had said if I be lifted up John 3 and 14 as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness even so must the son of man be lifted up that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life. I know it's chaotic I know it's stressful. I know there's beatings. I know there's so many things that are wrong about this situation. False accusations. People railing against him. But Jesus said if the son of man can be lifted up. If I be lifted up I will draw all all men unto me. And because of Jesus' submission to the plan and the will of God, we now have the power that is in the name of Jesus and it can be applied to our lives. Philippians 2 and 8, And being found in fashion as a man, he, Jesus, humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. I want you to know today He gave us a plan. There was a plan in the midst of the struggle. There was a plan in the midst of the darkness and that was that the name of Jesus would be glorified in the earth and then we find in Acts 2 and 38 that there were people that had recognized their sin we, we've killed the Messiah we've murdered him we, we have innocent blood on our hands and they said what shall we do Amen. we've sinned we've made a mistake we've missed the mark we have failed and the uh, the Apostle Peter stood up with the other 11. All the, all the apostles agreed. Nobody said, hold on just a minute. This isn't going to be right. There's another plan. 
No, they all agreed. There's a plan. There's a way. There's a path. There's a, there's a way that God has given us to get out of sin, to get past where we are, to get beyond our failures. He said, repent and be baptized. Acts 2 and 38. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. I want you to know that plan is still in effect today. If you'll repent in the name of Jesus and say, Jesus, I'm sorry for my sin. Will you forgive me? Will you cleanse me? Will you change my life? Will you turn things around? I want to walk a different direction. If you'll repent in His name. But not just that. He said repent and. There's a, it's a two-part. It's all one part of the package. Repent and be baptized. Every Some of you? No. He said every one of you. In the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. When you go down in the waters, the word baptized means to dip. When you go down, we got a baptismal tank right here. We'll baptize you if you want to be baptized in the name of Jesus. Why is that? He said it's for the remission of sin, for the forgiveness, for the blotting out, for the pushing back, for the getting rid of sin. Hallelujah. And then he said this, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. How many have experienced repentance? You know what it's like when you, you were just walking your way, you were doing what you want to do, and all of a sudden God thumped you on the head and said, hey, hold on just a minute. You're going the wrong direction. You're getting ready to destroy some things in your life. There's a path that you need to go that is full of life and blessing and harvest. And you said, God, thank you for revealing it to me. Lord, forgive me for the way that I've been living. I want to walk with you. And God began to change your life. God began to turn some things. God began to bless you. And then you said, I need to be baptized in the name of Jesus. And every sin was washed away. And you rise to walk in newness of life. And then you had an experience with God where you've been praying and seeking the Lord. And you felt the power of God begin to move in your life. And the Holy Ghost came in. And you began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. How many can testify it's real? And God knows how to do it. God can fill me. God can change me. Hallelujah. And then we walk in abundant life. Is it always easy? Is it always perfectly the way I want it to go? No. But I found if I follow His plan. I started in salvation, in repentance, in seeking God. I began to follow His plan. But they didn't stop there. I began to walk with the Lord. We, I began a relationship with God. I began to serve Him and say, God, I surrendered to You my life. But now, God, I'm going to continue to surrender and walk with you. And what you will find is that God will lead you and direct you. God will open doors. God will begin to bring things into your path. God will begin to bless in your life. I was, uh, I was thinking about a time we were, we were traveling. We'd, we'd, been, uh, we'd left our everything. We went over to uh, Washington State, drove across the plains of North Dakota and Idaho and Montana went over these mountains. I told Christine, I said, you know, I said, I know it's snowing. I know it's windy. I know it, it's, you know, I don't know. I think it's like 34 degrees and we got a little baby in the back, these kids and a camper full and a thing on topper on. I said, but if it drops by four degrees in the next 30 minutes, we're in big trouble. But that's not going to happen. 
And as we got higher up that mountain pass, <laughs> some of you been over, maybe been over those paths. As we got higher up that mountain pass, it dropped four degrees. <laughs> Saying, God, what's going on here? What's happening here? What's going on? But you know what? God was faithful. God was faithful. There was a time we stopped in evangelist quarters and it wasn't ready for us. I, we couldn't stay there. It wasn't, we weren't able to be there. Uh, and it just was a disappointment. We, we'd gone, uh, we'd travel a long ways. We were tired. And it was a discouraging time for us. And I thought, you know what? I'm discouraged. I'm frustrated. I'm a little upset. This isn't working out the way I wanted to. I'm going to go get a cheeseburger. Praise God. That's the only way I know how to deal with it, folks. <laughs> Y'all pray for me. So we're sitting there and eating a cheeseburger, pulled in a little Carl's Jr., Hardy's, whatever it is. Got our food pulled out, and uh, there's a little shopping plaza. My kid said, Dad, look, there's a little tea shop. So I pulled in there. We're out, we're out nowhere in California, somewhere out there. Pulled in this little tea shop, and I said, okay, uh, Elena, come on, we're going to get some tea. So, we, you know, I'm just, you know how you get, things hadn't worked out. You just, man... Hey, nothing's going right. You know, like that country song, he said, he said, I got my kids back, my dog back, my house back. He said, then I realized I was listening to country music backwards. Praise God, you know. He said, y'all have been there. Man, it wasn't going right. Just everything was gone. You pull, get into this little, little tea shop. And as I'm walking in, I look over to my left, and there's a lady with her Bible open, sitting at a table. I thought, you know, well, this is strange, but, well, here goes nothing. I said, hey, what are you, what are you reading? What are you studying? I'm interested. What are you reading? She said, well, she said, we've been in a small group in my church and named a non-denominational church. She said, and we're talking about the gifts of the Spirit. I said, well, ma'am, you are dealing with a professional here. <laughs> no, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. <laughs> but you know what I was able to share with her about the Holy Ghost and about how God can fill you and before you can operate in the gifts of the Spirit you've got to be filled with the Spirit and you know the example of that is in Acts chapter 2 verses 1 through 4 folks I'm telling you God knows how to open the doors God knows how to take when our plans don't seem to work God says I've got a plan to reach somebody to speak to somebody to minister to somebody to do the work I want my name to be glorified more importantly than you being happy I want my name to be glorified in the earth. Folks, I'm telling you, God is getting ready to do things in this church. I want to talk to somebody today, and I really felt this to talk about this. I don't know why the things have happened in your life the way they have. I don't understand why some of you, and I've talked to people I've talked to people just in the last year. I've sat across from leaders and, and ministers and people that have said, uh, I, I, was, I was doing the work of God. I was felt like I was going the direction God wanted to. And things happened to my family. My child was abused. My family was broken. There were things that happened in my life. Folks, I don't understand why these things happen. I don't understand why that child had to grow up the way that they did I don't understand why all these things are but I want to tell somebody today that God has a plan that God has a way out that God has something he wants to do in your life if you
you will trust him if you'll put your life in his hands and say God I don't know my plans have fallen apart my plans are not working but God I'm trusting you I put it in your hands I'm telling somebody here today God wants to reveal himself to you God is wanting to do something in your life and in your ministry let's lift our hands to the Lord right now hallelujah somebody needs to receive that today God has a plan God has a plan in your circumstance. God has a plan in these walls that seem to surround you. God has, is going to make His name great in this earth. And God is going to use whatever you're facing to get the glory out of that situation. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, somebody, just thank God right now. Say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Sister Andrea. Come. Thank you for coming. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. I close with this. I was on a conference call. And I, folks, I'm, I'm, we're doing metro missions work. We're working in, in metro cities. And I was listening to some other metro missionaries talk about how their churches have been shut down. Many of them had leases where the, the buildings were just completely in, a, in public rooms. Very expensive to get, uh, to get places to have uh, worship services and so some of them had to literally were shut down could not meet one of the men said he said we've been going he said we've been driving an hour and a half up to a camp meeting up in another side of uh, the state where we are and we've been having church we, we bring people from our church an hour and a half folks that's commitment <laughs> you, oh hallelujah that's all we can do. But God's made a way. He said people are being baptized. People's lives are being changed. Another man said, he said, we, our church has been shut down. He said, but, but you know what? He said, we've been going into people's homes. He said, here's what we do. He said, every home we go to, we're buying them a grill. We're in the grill ministry now. He said, we're buying them grills. He said, he said, I'm telling people, we're coming over for Bible study. I want you to invite your neighbors. He said, people are getting the Holy Ghost. People are being baptized. Things are happening. Another preacher said, he said, I don't know what's going on. He said, our plans are messed up. He said, but I'm meeting one-on-one -on -one with people, and people are being saved. Folks, I'm telling you, our plans can get messed up, but we serve a God who has a master plan. And whenever he says, I want you to go forward, he's going to give us the plan. He's going to give us the ability. Don't get discouraged. Don't be afraid. It's time for somebody to rise up in faith and say, I don't understand everything, but I know God's in control. I know God is working it out. Stand with me if you would. Hallelujah. Let's clap our hands one more time. Let's give God thanks and praise right now. Hallelujah. Praise God. Folks, I leave you with this. I'm done. I'm through. But I stood, I was in Minneapolis, I visited Minneapolis after the situation with George Floyd. I stood at the spot where he died and I wept. And I saw the destruction in that city. I saw the buildings that were burned out. I saw the empty businesses. I saw things closed. I saw, I looked around, I saw the murals. I heard people screaming profanities, cursing the government, cursing people, cursing all kinds of things. I saw the distress. I felt, I felt it in my own, in myself. 
And I thought to myself, how true it is that Satan's plan is to destroy. Any way he can, he wants to destroy. He wants to kill. He wants to wreak havoc. But as I stood there, I turned and I looked and about from me to the edge of that building right there, there was a little mission. And I walked over to the mission. I began to talk to the people. They were standing out in the street. They had tents set up. They were giving away food. They were praying with people. They were blessing people. They were reaching into their community. They, they, I saw a video of the, this particular mission where they were baptizing people in the name of in the middle of the protest, in the middle of people screaming. They were baptizing people in the name of Jesus. What am I trying to say, my friend? I don't care how dark it is. I don't care how bad things look. I don't care if where there's destruction and turmoil and death itself. Jesus' name is going to be glorified. His name is going to be lifted up. His glory is going to be shown forth in God's people. Somebody needs to respond today to what God is speaking into your heart. Somebody needs to begin seeking God. Maybe you're not where you need to be with the Lord. You're not right, but you haven't repented or been baptized or received the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking with tongues. I want you to know today is your day. If you'll surrender to the plan and the will of God, God will fill you with His power. He will wash away. He'll, he'll give you a new life, a new walk. And then somebody needs to say, God, I want to surrender one more time. One more time. I'm going to make a commitment one more time. I'm giving you control. I'm going to let you flow through my life. God, let your plan be my plan. I want to hear your voice one more time. I want confidence, Lord, one more time. Have your way in my life. We're going to pray right now. And I want, we, we're social distancing. We're doing everything we need to do. But somebody can respond in faith right now. Somebody can say, Lord, here I am. God, I want your name to be glorified in my life. Let's lift our hands to the Lord right now. I'm going to open these altars. If you feel comfortable, if you, you, you're being saved, let's practice what we need to practice. But let's lift our hands. Let's talk to the Lord. Somebody needs to receive a word from God right now. Somebody God's speaking to you about your future. Somebody God's talking to you about your ministry. Somebody God's speaking to you about your family. Let's seek the Lord for just a minute. Let's worship the Lord. Let's seek Him right now.
of the Lord is here. And if you have a need, I invite you to just linger in the presence of the Lord right now. Just reach out to Him. Just turn to Him. Sometimes all we can do is fall at His feet, knowing that He's the only one that wins the battle over our enemies. So I encourage you to spend the time seeking his face. And if this is if this is your prayer, we're going to sing this song one more time. I just if this is your prayer, God lead me no matter where we're going, no matter what the road looks like, no matter what doors seem to be closed, no matter what the obstacles that the preacher talked about might appear to be in my way. I just want you to lead me, Lord. If that's your prayer, would you just lift your hands up to heaven and let's pray and sing this song together. alone. And in the times when we question whether or not our enemy is going to overtake us, Lord, you fight for us. And you create the victory in our lives, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing for each and every person that's in this place, God. We wouldn't be here if it weren't for your grace and your mercy. We wouldn't be here if it wasn't for your plan that brought us all together today. I pray that you would accompany each person as we leave this place, God, that we would not depart from your presence even as we depart from this place, God. I pray that we would be reminded of this word throughout this week, Lord Jesus, that you're the victor in every situation, God, and we're going to follow you as you lead. It might be through the valley of the shadow of death, but we're going to follow you, Jesus. We're going to follow you to victory. We're going to follow you in the middle of it all, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. My brothers and sisters, you be blessed today. Go in Jesus' name. Greet one another before you leave. Do it safely in Jesus' name.